What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jesse Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Sox pulled it out, though. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Uh, what episode is this? Episode 257. 257. All right. Welcome on in to episode 257 of the Full Go Podcast. I'm Jason Goff. Of course, we are brought to you by The Ringer, Spotify is the gang. And shout out to FanDuel TV, because we're going to start off with the local angle. Hey, we got two baseball winners in the same evening. Now, one is in Pittsburgh, one is here in the city of Chicago, but we have some entertaining baseball. And we all know here in the city that uh, both these teams are underwhelming and the divisions that they play in are trash as well. But yeah, if you fast forward and you look at what this month of June can be for both these teams, they got a chance to make some hay here. I mean, the White, the White Sox, let's face it, the White Sox have been as inconsistent and as miserable as any team in all of baseball that has any expectations. But over this last couple of weeks or so, they found their power stroke, pause, and of course, they've all been solo home runs because that's what the White Sox do. They do not get on base. <laughs> they do not draw, you know, uh, deep counts. They don't They don't make work, pitches work whole lot, right? Eloy Jimenez, who hit a a first run, well, first inning, I should say, two-run bomb, has been uh, very pool-happy as of late, but 
He goes the other way. Next thing you know, he hits a home run, starts the game off the way he's supposed to. Dylan Cease, like, we've been waiting for Dylan Cease to turn into Dylan Cease of last year. You know, Cy Young candidate Dylan Cease. And the the starts have been up and down a little bit. He's kind of stabilized it over the last three outings. But Dylan Cease got into a little jam in the fifth inning. Yeah, you know, as as Hawk Harrelson was apt to say all the time, the leadoff walk, it'll kill you. And that's what happened in that fifth inning. He walked a guy, came around to score. He left with a 4-2 lead, right? So you're like, all right, let's see how this one's going to be pissed away. And then the White Sox bullpen came in and said, hey, Jay, we got you. We got you. But shout out to Gregory Santos, by the way. Gregory Santos, I think, is turning into uh, something that the White Sox are going to have to count on going down a stretch if an arm gets a little you know, clunky or if somebody just falls off the cliff. I like what I've seen out of him. The dude has not had a, 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 a coming into this game, has not had a single ball barreled up on him all season long and a, and a bunch of appearances. So the White Sox bullpen uh, was a little shaky, right? Keenan Middleton did not hold it down. A bases loaded situation. Elvis Andrews botches a double play. Um, you know, at some point you feel like something is going to fail you as a White Sox fan because they've been inconsistently consistent all season long, whether it be the starting pitching in certain bouts, the relief pitching in certain bouts, base running, all the things that we've talked about, poor at bats. But in this game, which I thought was a marvelously entertaining game, we got to get to right where we, I think all of Major League Baseball over the next couple of days will be talking about this play where Jonah Heim is, uh, is, is blocking the plate as Elvis Andrews is rounding third base. He's sent by Rodriguez. Jankowski is out there in, in left field. He throws a seed. It beats Andrews. Andrews makes a terrific slide. Jonah Heim, you know, it's a bang-bang play, but they go to the ruling and the call is overturned because he's called out at home, right? This is, it's a tie game if he's called out because Elvis Andrews had a terrific bat. He scored, you know, he's a two-run scoring at bat, the, the previous at bat, and then he ends up on third, messes around, comes around, makes it to home plate. Jonah Heim is just got a toe on home plate and they call catches interference. Now, I thought it was an awful call by the rules, Okay, and this is one of those things where you're going by rule, but it's an awful rule, right? Like, you know, a 40 mile an hour speed limit. Like, who needs those? Like, kick it up to 50 so we can all get to where the fuck we got to go, right? But he steps on the plate just a little bit, and then all of a sudden, the people in New York at the replay booth say, guess what? Alvis Andrews is safe. The White Sox go up 7-6, and Bruce Bochy storms, well, not storms out, because Bruce Bochy ain't storming out of anywhere these days. Bruce Bochy saunters out. He gets himself ejected. Uh, that Rangers team, though, by the way, and, and speaking of Bruce Bochy, you know, he sat around for a few years with no one kicking the tires on a World Series winning manager in terms of, hey, you want to come, you kind of want to come? Coach on the south side? You want to come manage on the south side? But I digress. Bruce Bochy gets thrown out. Kendall Graveman comes in, and uh, he, he nails it down, right? right. No Liam Hendricks right now. He's on the injured list. So the White Sox bullpen could have been the culprit, but I thought a terrific outing by Gregory Santos, uh, followed up by Kendall Graveman, and, of course, the Elvis Andrews at bat. Elvis Andrews going up against his former team, right? I mean, they, they scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. This is not a White Sox team that we've known to rally, right? There's not a White Sox team that we've known to battle a whole bunch when it comes to at-bats. Hell, even Tim Anderson got in the game. You know, he had a pinch hit uh, productive out where he got runners over to second and third. The other thing, too, though, is, uh, you know, I know I know he had Father's Day off. 
And I know Juneteenth was yesterday, but uh, at some point here, you know, come on through, Tim. You know, if you can pitch it, bro, like we need you out here. At some point, go ahead and play shortstop. Like, don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about the off-field stuff. Just go ahead and jump in and shortstop for me because I need, well, one, I need Tim Anderson to be back at shortstop. Two, if this Tim Anderson thing is done, uh, his numbers ain't going to get no better being on the bench, right? So Tim Anderson gets himself a productive out in a pinch hit bid. Uh, this this was, a, you know, an uplifting game because this division is ass. <laughs> and they're only, what, four and a half games, four games out of first place because the Minnesota Twins are sitting at 36 and 38. Like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about in baseball right now? When the Minnesota Twins are leading a division that people thought would be stacked with talent and competitive this year, right? The Guardians are calling up their ace prospect, right? Like this this whole thing screams of, if you're any damn good, please show me right now, White Sox. Please, if you're any good. Because this was an entertaining baseball game. Right? I'm, I'm sitting here tearing up because I, my allergies for one. And for two, I haven't seen a White Sox game where I actually could get into it from pitch one to the end. So that's what happened tonight. And then, <sighs> baseball is so weird to me because every year you have to declare whether you think your team is in it or not by the trade deadline, no matter what you set your sights out to start the season with. The Chicago Cubs right now are playing some pretty damn good baseball. Eight and two in the last 10. Marcus Stroman might start the All-Star game, y'all. He might start the All-Star game. And this is the seventh straight quality start. He goes out there, seven innings pitched, scoreless baseball. He's out there. And the, the, the thing that I love the most about it is we don't have as many characters in sports as we used to. And Marcus Stroman is a character, top to bottom. Whether it's the do-rag, whether it's the swag, where it's the, you know, the dances after strikeouts. Like, I love all of it, right? And, and you know, a former Cubs manager, Joe Madden, is on record as not liking it and, you know, crying about old baseball all over it. Who'd have thought the dude who had, like, chimps and magicians and funny dress-up days in the, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the clubhouse would be mad about dudes gyrating on the mound, right? But I tried to warn y'all about him. I tried to all yell about him when he was here, you know, what he really cared about. And we come to find out it's pretty much Joe Madden is what he cared about. But I digress. The Cubs are playing really good baseball as of late. The offense, I mean, Dansby Swanson, you know, we haven't talked about it a lot because we haven't talked a lot of baseball in the pod. But Dansby Swanson has been everything and more that you could ask for. You know, whether it's getting hit by pitches in this game, playing damn good defense, um, really, really good at bats. You know he's going to play every single day. Nico Horner is right on the verge of being one of my favorite baseball players in this city. So, you know, this, this, this Cubs thing is so weird because of the nature of baseball, you have to declare what you are at the, at the trade deadline. Even if it strays from what you thought you might be at the beginning of the season, they might have to trade Marcus Stroman. They might have to trade some of these other pieces because you have to declare. Now, the Reds have won 10 games in a row. The Brewers are faltering. Um, the Cubs are a few games back in uh, first place. Do I think the Cubs can win this division? I, I'm not sure. I don't think either one of these teams should win a division. But 
the divisions that they play in are just bad enough. So when we see the, you know, the abats that are being put together by the Seiya Suzuki's as of late, by Nico Horner and, and Danzy Swanson at the top of that lineup. And then you got Marcus Stroman doing what he's doing. You got Justin Steele who just came back, who's looking like, you know, what people thought he would look like. Uh, you know, Drew Smiley is doing what he needs to do at the back end of that rotation. You know, it, it could be an eventful summer. There could be meaningful baseball played on both sides of town the final month of the season. It's just you have to declare at the trade deadline. So that means you can't trade Dylan Cease or Lucas Gilito or, you know, whoever else, Tim Anderson, if you think you are in it. But the question still begs, even if you win a division, what are you truly winning with the way that you play baseball, especially on the south side? The White Sox have the fifth worst run differential in all of the major leagues right now. That does not spell playoff success to me, but they're only four and a half, four games out. So as the weirdness of the summer continues and Chicago baseball carries on, I'm enjoying the, the you know, the, the nights few and far between that both get a win, but both play entertaining baseball, both play engaging baseball. Some of those White Sox losses are pure dreck from start to finish. This wasn't one of them tonight. And of course, on the north side of town, Marcus Stroman continues his Cy Young type bid. Now, will he be a Chicago Cub after the trade deadline? We're going to find out what Jed Hoyer and the boys really think over there because now you're supposed to start spending money on this team, right? Now every offseason is supposed to be adding, right? Not just Seiya Suzuki, not just Dansby Swanson, but you're supposed to be kicking the tires on some big-name free agents. What are you telling not only your organization and your roster, but your fan base if you have a guy who's pitching like a Cy Young candidate but ends up in another jersey because you flipped him because he's, his trade value was high? So this is the conundrum that I think both sides of town are finding themselves on. I'm just thankful that we got ourselves some meaningful and fun and engaging baseballs. This way, I didn't have to cry about White Sox baseball and I didn't have to tell y'all I didn't watch the Cubs. So shout out to the local angle. Hope you enjoyed it because I definitely know I enjoyed it tonight. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash full goal to join today. As the Cubs continue to thrash the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we started out really, really hot in those first 30 games. I didn't believe it at all. And I think it continues. Kyle Hendricks going to the mound. I got the Cubs on the money line. I got the under, which is eight and a half on the total. And I got four or more strikeouts for Kyle Hendricks on the same game parlay. 10 bucks can win you 34.50. Good luck and get money. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash FullGold. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. Hey, how was, uh, how was everybody's Juneteenth, huh? 
I'm sure this this we're, we're the only pod on the on the the ringer the ringer network of pods that can ask that question and have everyone give an answer. So <laughs> I I wonder though I wonder like I wonder how like the, the others ask themselves like Hey, what'd you do for Juneteenth? Or if it even comes up like like you like how many how many Brads were walking into the office on Tuesday like Hey man, what'd you do for Juneteenth? Huh? Huh? <laughs> what'd you, what'd you, how'd you commemorate the end of slavery? <laughs> like I was running around yesterday thinking to myself as I was, you know, uh, Benadryl up or allergy pilled up, you know, I think we should like ban arresting black folks on Juneteenth, right? Like, <laughs> like, like not an all the way purge, right? But like, you know, this is the day that we ain't going to lock y'all up. <laughs> so, you know, that jaywalking violation, don't worry. You, you don't have to wear your bulletproof vests. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got, you got a headlight out. Hey, it's okay. You know, you don't have to, you know, to get your will together. It's okay. <laughs> on, on Juneteenth, you are good to do whatever you need to do outside of some like major crime. I thought I was thinking of that like, man, how do uh, how does everyone celebrate Juneteenth that isn't black? <laughs> or the allies who are like forced to show up at the parades and 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 and, and marches with us. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the other thing too. Like if you if you're a friend of a brother, right, and they hit you up, it's like <laughs> you got to go, don't you? Like if I mm-hmm. if I hit up one of my white homeboys on Juneteenth, like, yo, I want you to hang out with me for Juneteenth. Like you can't really say no to that. Like, <laughs> like if you say no, it's like, oh, okay, good to know where you stand, Mike. Oh, All right, bet. <laughs> that's how we get away with doing the crime. It's like, hey, come come wrap this bank with me real fast. I'm not gonna go in. <laughs> But you could go in. Yeah, right? for the ancestors. And, I'm, I'm right. sending you in. <laughs> Saul. Uh, I got to tell you, everything, the world kept spinning. Like, everybody went to work and act like nothing happened. So I was like, you know ah, why? Okay. You know why, Tony? Because <laughs> that shit is over. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the whole, we're listening. Remember remember how yeah. every company, mm-hmm. like, remember how Hashtag. every commercial... We hear you. Listening. We understand. Yeah. I'll never forget. I was playing Call of Duty when all that was going on about a few years ago, two years, two and a half, three years ago. And the Call of Duty, there was a banner of like, we respect black lives. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, <laughs> nobody on the headset that I'm hearing call me nigga is adhering to this. So just, <laughs> so, just so just take this down. Like all y'all doing is angering the folks who don't like black people. <laughs> Right. Y'all making them put their foot in it even harder. Like, what are we doing out here? Like, I don't yeah. need a, a video game to tell me that y'all mess with black. I don't. It was happening on Madden too. It was like, oh, we we had we had Madden feel this way and this way and this. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> I, all right. I guess it's solved. Right. <laughs> I guess we're good now. <laughs> That's a thing hey, too. Hey y'all, <laughs> don't worry about all that redlining and y'all kids going to bad schools and hospitals being understaffed in black right. neighborhoods. Hoods because Madden is cool now. Madden is cool yeah. with us. They said we understand. It's all good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's, out of here, man. The holiday is so funny. It's like you know, thank you, I guess, but ain't nobody asked for that. Nah, <laughs> we asked for this nah. other tangible stuff that all right. these big businesses, you right. know, instead of putting out a statement, like if y'all work together, 
We could get reparations. We could get some right. other stuff. Right. We can do all the stuff to actually help us. <laughs> but they're like, nah, we hear you. Here, here's a holiday that nobody cares about. That's the best part, too. And like, how patronizing is it for you to be like, hey, man, we hear you now. And like, hey, has this motherfucking thing been on for the last four <laughs> centuries? Like, what do we? What, it was just y'all couldn't hear us. Oh, OK. Bad. My bad. <laughs> my, my fault. We was just one talking like that. That's why I love the, you know, we got to have conversations. I'm like, man, if black folks knew that all it took was a little conversation, this shit would have been fixed in 1785. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Hey, let me talk to you real quick. Uh, I would like to get paid and respected for the work that I'm doing. All right, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are we, what are we doing here, dog? But hey, well, who am I? Right? I'm just a, I'm just a goofball who went and played golf with a uh, a, a former professional athlete on Juneteenth and my boss and a coworker, uh, which was cool. Uh, I watched Kendall Gill. And this is the difference between us and them. And when I say us, I mean regular people. And when I say them, I, I mean professional, highly engineered athletes. I watched a retired basketball player who was in the greatest shape of his life because that's all Kendall does is work out and raise his kids, right? <laughs> I watched him take two holes to master the game of golf. Like the man does not play. He has a golf tournament <laughs> that, you know, cause they all do. Right. But he does not play. He pulled up, took about 400 steps <laughs> into the round. And then after that, it was bombs away. The man hit a 310 yard drive down, down the fairway on like the third hole. I'm like, all right, you bullshit now. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't have everything, right? He's good looking, right? Got a great family, two beautiful kids, great, beautiful wife. Shout out to Miss G. You know, has a great gig, you know, talks basketball for a living. A part of that Silver Fox squad, which, you know, is, <laughs> is hilarious. But you can't just step into any arena and be perfect and shit. I'm sorry. And I've never been a hater. I'm hating on this. Kendall, if someone plays this back for you, I didn't want to hate while it was happening because I was in awe of it. But I'm hating on everything that you did out there on that golf course, right? Like, we were all supposed to be hacking and whacking, as Pat Foley used to say. We were all supposed to be tearing up that public course. Shout out to Jackson Park. We're all supposed to be looking bad out there, right? You got people driving by. It's the south side. So you got people driving by on Lakeshore Drive. Like, man, look at these brothers on the course, huh? <laughs> they, got, they got out there for Juneteenth. And meanwhile, this dude is bombing the flag stick because everything's a par three or a par four. There's a couple par five holes. But I enjoyed my venture into uh, golfdom, you know? I, I, I did not... I've not picked up the game because at a young age, my dad was really into golf and my dad was as gruff as any of y'all's dads probably is or are. So while we were playing as kid, as a kid, it would always seem like I was a nuisance, right? He'd be like, hey, pick up your ball. We ain't got my time. Right? Come on, pick up the ball. Don't worry about it. We'll drop another one. Hey, you got to do it like this. You got to hit it like this. I'm like, you know what? This is stressful. This is, this, is, this is two and a half hours that I could just be doing something else my g so i've never really gravitated back towards the game of golf and shout out to my dad i don't want to make him seem like he's some ogre it's just you know you know you know what it is i mean you know you see your kid and you're like oh shit 
He just want to hang out for the day. I'm trying to get some get some free time. You know what I mean? So I could dig it. I'm probably good. Well, I'm probably not going to do it to Jason, but I'll probably do it to Jason some other way, right? Like video games or something like that. But I, I enjoyed it. It was peaceful. I needed it, right? All the all the dads out there couldn't wait to share stories with me. And apparently, they heard the last pod as well. The Happy Father's Day. It ain't about you pod. So yeah, man, it was cool. It was cool. I enjoyed myself. And, you know, and, and there's nothing better than Juneteenth walking around a golf course with your chest out as 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 pace of play does not matter on that day, boy. You're just looking behind you like, yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time for us too, player, <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> but no, it was cool. It was cool. We had a great time. Uh, you know, shout out to uh, the Mother Wade Foundation, uh, empowering uh, families and women around this this city in the Chicagoland area uh, raised some money for students. Uh, so it was cool. It was fun. I uh, got my name misspelled on the golf cart, which is always great. I am. I was actually called J Golf. Like it was G O L F. And my entire life, anytime any fucking wise ass or any you know the the the, the funny guy in the room wants to make a joke, oh, you play a lot of golf, and I'm like, all right, you got it, pal. But this time, I even took a picture of it. I was like, look at it, it's finally come true. I became Jay Golf. So yeah, shout out to uh, everybody at the uh, at the Mother Wade Foundation, and uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing more of that this summer because uh, it uh, allows me time away from uh, the crib. So I'm, I'm going to go do that, you know, and try to take Jay out there a little bit. But yeah, man, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed golf on Juneteenth. What were y'all doing on Juneteenth? Oh, man, I was just chilling on the couch, thinking about slavery. Um, <laughs> You know, and I watched, and I watched uh, <laughs> 12 Years a Slave and oh. I watched um, Roots. I just had a, I just had a whole, it you was had a slave a day. day. Yeah, it was, slave it was day. just all the movies, all the shows. I just, oh. I just did it. I mean, that's what everybody else did, right? <laughs> Well, you know, Tony, Tony, Tony and his family sat around and, and actually talked about their ancestors. And Tony found out about, a you know, a great great grandfather that, that, that once, you know, put together so many, so many things that, that the family now is reaping the benefit of it. The same like Father's Day for Tony. You know what I mean? Like, uh, let, let's hear how amazing Tony's uh, Juneteenth was as we as we sit and think about how many white people Chris punched in the face after he watched. Is 17 hours worth of slave footage. <laughs> Chris was just Chris was in the Pacific Northwest just pissing himself off with just one act at a time. Like what you to, 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 I'm just looking out the window like Malcolm X, you know, like, yeah, just like yeah, hey, hey, who's out there now? Right. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I'm sure this isn't happening on New York, New York. <laughs> so, Tony, how'd your Juneteenth go, brother? Uh, it was good. Um, you know, spent some time with the fam. You know, it's kind of like a Father's Day Part 2 type situation, but but See, less, I was, you know, I was, I was joking, and it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, less formal. We just kind of hung around, talked about how, you know, difficult it is being a black man in, in America. <laughs> No, so I, I'm doing Juneteenth all wrong. I'm do, see, what I do is, is I, consecration day. 
I, I do the the I do the reverse. The other 364 days, I'm aware of all the atrocities and and, and all the things that uh <laughs> that come with this skin and this ancestry. And you know, but let me chill before I get uh you know a certain group of people very angry at me because <laughs> there yeah, what are you know about people. it, Jay? What exactly. You know about it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what exactly. do you know about it? Right, right. And I'm like, hey, man, you know where the first slaves went, right? And they're like, no, but I'm still going to scream at you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, let me let me chill. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i doing this Juneteenth thing the wrong way. I remember a few years ago when it became a, a thing thing. Boy, we had the boy out there in the stroller. We walking down the street. Jim Boylan and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. are at the, at the march oh, with man. us. It was amazing to boy, see. Was Jim Boylan thought he like, had that locked in. He's like, what? Oh, I'm yeah, out here marching? They ain't going to fire me? How can they fire me? Yeah, can't fire me. Look how, look how I interact with the blacks. Huh? You can't <laughs> fire me. <laughs> Led more black people to the promised land than Pat Riley. What you talking about? I'm Jim Boylan, goddammit. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, in an uncomfortable segue, speaking of Jim Boylan, we'll talk about Zach Levine and the Bulls next. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So this is the pod before the NBA draft on Thursday, and we'll be dropping a reaction pod because hopefully there will be something to react to. The, The Bulls aren't participating in this year's draft as it stands right now, but... Of course, the rumors and reports that have been out there and shout out to our guy, Casey Johnson. And that's right. Our guy, you know, that when I say our, I mean, Tony and my guy, co-worker Casey Johnson at NBC Sports Chicago and NBC Sports You know, if anybody's tapped in in the city, it's Casey when it comes to Chicago Bulls. And Casey is hearing that uh, the Bulls, if they are going to part ways with Zach Levine, are looking for a young player and a couple of first-round picks, or an established player and a first-round pick. So it's it's evident. The, the Bulls don't have their first-round pick outright until 2025. 2024 is going to be very important because there's a top-10 protected pick. So if you're middling it and messing around and you lose your pick for the second year in a row, then we're going to start to really talk about how bad this Nikola Vucevic trade was for this team. Because in the end, you gave up two first-round picks for a guy who has his limits, has his limits, gets numbers, but it hasn't really affected winning on a major level here in the city of Chicago. And I think you can say the same for Zach Levine, even though it's on a different level because Zach is a more dynamic player. Uh, He's... You know, he's a sexier player to watch and understand. You know, if you're going to put butts in seats, you need a headliner. Zach Levine is a fun regular season headliner. But as we get closer and closer to this draft, it seems like these talks are starting to, I'm going to say heat up, but you're hearing about them a little bit more frequently and the words are being changed. If you listen to the last pod, we talked about how the gauging interest has now turned into making calls. 
gauging interest is one thing, or their 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 interest is being peaked, being another thing, or people calling them is another thing. But when we start to hear about the Bulls making calls, this is a couple of trade deadlines in a row. Well, actual movement areas or movement zones in a row now, whether it be the trade deadline or shortly before the draft, that Zach Levine's name has been mentioned. So I sit here thinking this. What would be attractive for a Bulls fan? Because if this thing isn't going to get blown up, then what are we really talking about? Are we talking about the Knicks and Emmanuel quickly or somebody like that and a couple of first round picks? Are we talking about the Heat? Where Tyler Hero is figuring out life after a, a big contract in Miami. Boy, if Tyler Hero is forced to leave Miami, he might just up and retire. Like, you talk about a dude who was made for a city. Like, I know he's Milwaukee's finest, right? But that man went to Kentucky and <laughs> sampled the finer things in life and then got drafted by Miami and is he is out of here. So just think, having to turn your life around from Collins Avenue and all those good things. Downtown Miami is as fun as South Beach these days. And then come to Chicago where it's cold eight months out of the year. Yeah, I think Tyler Hero would have a a, a different uh, vibe about him when it comes to basketball in, in the winter months here in the city of Chicago. But what are we really talking about when it comes to the price tag for securing a talent like Zach Levine? If this draft goes by without the Bulls making a move, I don't know how anybody, because all the unacceptable talk and all the quote not good enough, which is what Arturis Karnaschov has said out of his own mouth about the last year, you got to make something shake at the draft, whether it be securing a shooter, whether it be getting yourself into the bottom of that first round where you can draft yourself a, a Chris Murray type of player, a kid from Iowa, Keegan Murray's little brother, like somebody, somebody who is going to either be developed into what you need or is what you need right now. Because that young core that we talk about, where it's Io, Pat Williams, Kobe White, it doesn't look as promising as it probably did two years ago. Now, Kobe White has made steps. Io DeSumo had a shaky sophomore year. Pat Williams started all 82, well, <laughs> played in all 82 games. But the problem is, he toggled back and forth from the bench. So when we talk about young cores, I mean, you know, you got these teams who have these veteran-laden squads, but you're always looking at who's going to up in the roster, who is going to replace uh, uh, an old uh, diminishing skills type of asset with a young player who's ready to take a next step. Well, I don't know if the Bulls have those guys just as yet. Is Kobe White a starting point guard, a starting lead guard? I don't think so. And not for a team that's talking about contending. So taking him out of that role, I think, wouldn't do him justice. You let that dude come off the bench and cook. He's become a better defender, become a better ball handler. He's doing what he needs to do. Patrick Williams, still in conundrum. We talked to Keith Smith. Is his $100 million on the way here? Maybe so. But at some point, if you're going to start to talk about trading these guys, because I'm sorry. If you trade Zach Levine, then DeMar DeRozan can't be far behind. <laughs> like you, you got a 34-year-old player who's in his 14th year who you know exactly what you're going to get out of him, offensively and defensively. Toronto did it for a decade. 
And when they could go out and get a mercenary to win a championship, they did. So Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, I think, have full space command of this thing. We're going to find out what they really are. And the profile is, is yet to be determined because the developmental drafting and all the other stuff that we heard coming into this thing, that that was thrown to the wind the moment you acquired Nikola Vucevic. And on top of it, you gave up first-round picks, a couple of them. One turned into Franz Wagner. We're going to see what this 11th pick turns into, but that's a player that you could have used. So uh, we're at a crossroads very early in the tenure of a, a, a GM fan relationship when it comes to Arturis Karnaschovas, or I should say executive fan relationship when it comes to Arturis Karnaschovas and the Chicago Bulls fans. This Thursday's pod is going to be one of the more important ones I think we've done on the full go because if the Bulls take a swing, we first, the, the tanking thing doesn't work as much as people think it does. You got you to gotta draft well. And if you're not drafting well, all this be damned because all you're doing is covering up your draft mistakes with other people's discarded items. Or you're paying top dollar. You're paying tax on certain trades because people know you don't have what it takes as far as player development or draft capital or assets. So they're going, yeah, they're going to bend you over a barrel. We're going to find out how shrewd Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are coming up here in these next couple of days. They've made some moves that have worked. They've made a lot more that haven't. And I think that's why these last two years you see this team being at 500 and messing around in the play-in tournament. So I don't know if if Zach Levine is going to be elsewhere. I, w- I would bet against it. But I, would I be surprised? You know, <laughs> It's getting closer and closer. I was I would be mildly surprised. It's getting closer and closer to me understanding that Zach Levine is not in the cards for this this group. I don't know that Zach Levine was ever an Arturis Karnaschovas or Mark Eversley type of player. But how do you replace that production while you're trying to figure out what you have in the cupboard? You know, you got to make sure that you have something to show how things go, right? Like for for instance, with Justin Fields. It's hard to evaluate last year. He didn't have anything to really help him be evaluated. It's hard to evaluate a roster when you don't have a quote-unquote go-to player or a score or a dynamic enough player. Zach Levine has been that, but it hasn't amounted to a whole bunch of winning. And I know that a lot has been put on his shoulders, but that's what happens when you're a star. That's what happens when you're an all-star. That's what happens when you're the face of one of, uh, one of the franchises that has one of the most storied histories in the last 20 years of basketball, 30 years of basketball. So all this comes with the territory. Um, I think Zach is aware of it. And I think he, you know, sometimes rightfully so is miffed by it because he doesn't, uh, he, you know, Lonzo Ball getting hurt isn't Zach's fault. Okay. Uh, uh, Patrick Williams not developing the way that we might've thought he should isn't Zach's fault. These things aren't Zach's fault. But at the same time, he's not affecting winning to the level that would make you think that anything else besides trading him is the answer. Time for some commercials. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Tony, what do you think's going to happen on Thursday? I don't know. And... um, 
it's not a good, I don't know, right? Where, you know, the executive is is the shrewd guy and, you know, anything can happen and he can make a move and he can pull out a move. Any, it's not that feel good of a, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if uh, you can tell the difference in my voice, but it's 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 going to be one of those moves. This is how I'm going to think about you or how you move in this draft, right? Or how you move in in, in the next few weeks uh, of can you it because it, it, it got to take like a little bit of the ego out of it, right? Where it's like, man, I don't know this going to work, right? Like. You, you mentioned that earlier when you made the comparison about Justin Fields not being able to understand what you have um, without. I think this is a little bit different, and I thought it would have been the first things that they addressed, and I thought they miscalculated when they first got here. The question should have been, okay, Zach is due for a contract coming up. He is 20, I think at the time, what was he, 27 or something like that, 27 years old, uh, at 27, 28 at the time. Do we see us building a, a roster quick enough to take advantage of him? I thought that was an easy one to do. And they went the opposite direction. When it was like, yeah, we can do it. We can do it real fast. And it, it didn't work. It, it did not work. So now with you know what's being reported out there and uh, what they would expect back, again, you, you're talking about them not developing correctly, not drafting uh, uh you know, a whole lot. And they're now trying to cover up mistakes by assuming that we can fix this by trading Zach Levine. And that's like, that's the, the issue is larger mm-hmm. than that. The issue is larger than this upcoming draft is for the time that you've been here. You haven't built a solid enough uh, foundation uh, for this team to, to and for this franchise to thrive. So uh, this draft and how they move in here. And obviously right now they don't have a pick at all, but this draft is going to say a lot and tell a lot to Bulls fans about what this regime thinks about this team, this roster uh, moving forward. Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, and Picks. You okay with that? Oh, man. Are they trading tomorrow after that? No, I'm asking you on his face. Are you okay with that? You said no? I'd rather take a another pick. Mm. I'd okay. rather if it's if it's harder and then like a a first rounder or a couple first rounders. I mean, maybe some filler on how on, I don't know how that works out, but mm-hmm. at this point in time, I'm I don't trust them. When fans are preferring tank, that means they don't trust you to build correctly. That means you need all the fail safes possible to help you build something that's not in your control. So, and that's what I'm kind of feeling like with this, this team. And again, like you mentioned, tanks don't always work. It's very difficult to pull off when you do that. The Sixers haven't gone out the second round yet with their plan of tanking. So I a thousand percent get it. But when team, when fans are clamoring for that, that means we don't believe you know what you're doing. Mm. So, mm. I mean, I prefer the picks, Jay, just in my, for me. Drafts take a long time, though. You know, drafts take patience, you know, if you're making a team that way. It's like, no you know. Fans like, were cool with that. We were cool with that when they got here. But what But what makes you think that this team is going to nail the draft picks, Tony? I don't know. 
that's that's, that's the other saying. thing. Like, that's I, the, I, I, I mean, don't know. That's, I rather... that's that's all the part of of, of self inventory that teams have to take too. Like you, if you get those options, if you get those selections, what have you done with them? What shows you that okay, you know, over the last couple of years, you we've nailed these picks. I mean, Dale and Terry couldn't get off the bench. Right, he had to go play. He had to ask to play in the G League. He played the least amount of minutes for a uh, first round pick since Mirsad Turkan. And that's how long ago? Twenty years ago, right? Marco Simonovic has not developed to the point where you can even trust him at the mop up ends of games. Let me ask you this, Mister GM Tony Gill. Take a look at that Dallas situation. You got a few. Players that are, you know, up for free agency. Christian Wood is one of them. Okay. My guy Davis Bertans is out there. Another shooter, six foot ten, 225 pounds. I've always liked Davis Bertans. The only thing he can't do is shoot because if you keep him out there for longer than three or four minutes, the man is a traffic cone on defense. Dallas is looking for something to, you know, reinvigorate Luca. Would you make that trade? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was that Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns, in a in a pick. Uh, Would you make that trade? Uh, why Why you make your of... face up like that? I hate that. <laughs> I hate that dude. I don't want him there's a lot. There's there's a lot of dudes that I've hated that I've had to watch play basketball for uh, this city, my man. man. <laughs> <laughs> do you get worse or do you get better? I think you get worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The shooting that you need, you get bigger. You know, DeMar DeRozan doesn't have to. You, you ain't got to worry about Carl Anthony Towns wanting the ball at the end of the game. <laughs> 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 Just saying. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Something for Bulls fans to chew on a little bit. And I, hey, listen, you know, I know I'm doing the, uh, you know, the Black Bill Simmons right now with just throwing out trades with the trade machine and all that. But, you know, what? I think things can get interesting. I think things get interesting. Now, maybe Thursday rolls around, it's a big nothing burger, and then we wait for media day to see how upset Zach is. I think I think the most likely scenario will be that, but uh, they have to get themselves into the draft some way, I think, whether it's a second-round pick. They have to add something to this team. Have to add something to this team. This team is not good enough. It's presently constituted. Um, you're, go- you're bumping up against the luxury tax with the guys you have running it back right now on a 40 and 42 team. They have to get into this draft some way, somehow, whether it's a big splash or them finding their way to the back of the first round or the top of the second round. They got to they I got to see some productivity this offseason. Got to see something. Got to see something change. I want to feel different about this basketball team going forward. So our tourist Karnashovis and Mark Eversley, if you're listening, um, I'm pretty much just being asked to say be saved by from baseball. That's that's all I'm asking for you to do. Build a bridge to training camp. Um, if the Cubs and Sox are getting ready to trade away all of their best players because the trade deadline is coming up, then damn it, make this thing interesting for me before I pull out the NBA draft spelling bee that I was about to have Chris and and Tony go through. Okay, so pull this thing off. Okay, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We we believe in you. We trust you. And neither of those things could be true, but God damn it, I need content for this pod. Chris Paul, here we come. <laughs> it's the full go, baby!
That's all the time we have for episode 257 of the Full Go Podcast. want to thank our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, and of course, my main man, Tony Gill, and the Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton. want to thank y'all for downloading this thing and listening to it, for one, uh, as you heard my voice and my, uh, my, my face and everything on my body go through the allergic reaction to the seasons changing. Um, my nose was running out here like I was about to buy a $5 rock. So we decided to uh, cut this thing short before I embarrass myself any further. So thank you so much for listening to this thing. Thank you for downloading it. Thank you for sharing it with your family and friends. Thank you for liking it, rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars that you know it needs. If not, we will see you in the streets. Uh, hopefully when I see you in the streets, I will have had a great dose of Benadryl or whatever allergy uh, remedy that is in the cabinet over here. I'm going to go knock that out. And then Thursday, we could talk about the nothing burger that the NBA draft should be for the Chicago Bulls because they don't have a pick. And who knows if Zach Levine is really being dangled out there as trade bait. So we will holler at y'all on Thursday. Uh, for the fellas, I am Jason Goff, as always, telling y'all to take care of yourselves, be safe, and stay sucker-free. We'll talk to you post-draft right here on the Full Go Podcast. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's the Full Go Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800- Nine with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.